Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Stratford here to kick off our episode and our discussion centers around a New York Times op-ed from David Leonhardt, who says that the assault on colleges and the American dream is focused on public schools and their funding via things like Pell Grants. So Brandon, Mike, and I sat down to discuss it a couple weeks back, and here's that conversation. So I, I read an op-ed this, uh, this weekend um, in the New York Times um, called uh, The Assault on Colleges and the American Dream. I thought it would be an interesting thing for us to, to rap about a little bit. Um, and it's about the declining spending. I was about a few things, but in, including the, the, the decline in spending per student uh, over the last you know, sort of decade. Um, and and it's, it's interesting because I think in the, in the news – you would hear, you would think that we're spending more, right? Like student loan mm-hmm. um, uh, debt is uh, at an all-time high, and like that—that's what makes the news cycle. I think it's actually in part, in p- perhaps because the actual spending on grants, um, particularly Pell grants, is what's being cited here, has fallen so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that looks like um, there's a, there's an interesting in- infographic map here. Uh, to the bottom of the article, it's 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 good. It, it um, I'm going to describe this. You should just go look at it uh, if you're, if you're listening to this. Um, but it shows from negative sixty to plus sixty, from red to gray, um, how the map looks, and it's a lot of orange. Like basically every state, but four is spending less per student than they were in uh, 2008. Yeah, the. Alaska, North Dakota, Wyoming. I think Alaska is less. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. Are you looking at the same map? Maybe I'm looking at the wrong map. <laughs> I think North Dakota is spending considerably more. They are, in fact, spending more per student than in terms of increase since 2008 than any other state. Mm-hmm. North Dakotans, they're trending up. Yeah. There's not that many people to spend on in North Dakota. That's a good point. So a little, a little goes a long way. <laughs> it sure does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's also this percentage change. So it's possible that North Dakota is still spending less than yes. North Carolina or North York. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. What do you think? Uh, if, you're looking, if, if you're looking at the wrong uh, uh, map, we can play a fun game called, what do you think are the worst states? <laughs> the states that have gotten worse in terms of their spending i mean arizona looks pretty bad arizona i think is the worst uh what new hampshire so and so it's also like left to right like which ones are dipping the most which is where arizona seems to be uh on the downswing and still trending down uh yeah louisiana similar bouncing back a little illinois Illinois, they're ill in, yeah. <laughs> in Illinois. Yeah, but it's interesting, you know, um, uh, access to higher education is one of the things where there still remains a huge disparity between has and have nots. Mm-hmm. And Pell Grants specifically is a way to try to address that disparity by, you know, uh, disproportionately giving grants to people who disproportionately need them. Yep. Um, and the the number, uh, the percentage have have just fallen tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, again, basically in in every state. So we we were just talking about percentage of um, spend and trend on that mm-hmm. by state by each state. 
but the specifically Pell Grant State has uh, has fallen um, at major schools uh, as well. Yeah. So, you know, like uh, UCSD, San Diego, yeah. going from 50-ish percent to 22-ish percent over a three-year period. That's a four-year period. I think that's that's tremendous. Yeah. Well, it's also where, uh, you know, this is the, the free state tuition concept is, 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 is a different way to try to uh, address the same problem. Uh, and, you know, this, this article, I think, is more about the problem than it is uh, really recommending any sorts of solutions. Is that, is that correct? I mean, there's, there's a little there's- bit about solutions towards the bottom. Yeah, I mean, it does talk about more trying to cut spending elsewhere to invest in students and even sites that that may not be the best way to to solve the problem. Um, but it does seem like it is much more addressing that there is a problem and uh, solutions need to, to come about. Talking about free tuition, New York just started, right? New York, I think this past week, uh, started the the application process for free admission. And that's dependent on residency and postgraduate residency, if, uh, if I'm correct. Is that right, Mike, that you have to stay in state for a certain length of time after the fact, I believe? I believe that's correct. So uh, that those are interesting solutions to uh, a funding problem and obviously uh, can be seen as a reinvestment. You're investing in this free education yourself to get a job after college, but the state itself is getting uh, somebody workforce ready, hopefully, who can get a job in state and help the economy uh, therein. Uh, Pell, I was a Pell Grant recipient. I, I did the, the Pell Grant back in college. And Brendan, does this, talking about uh, averages here, anything to the merit that there are more people going to college? It's just that the funding isn't increasing with the number of people going to college seems to be the problem at hand, that the money isn't growing with the growing masses that are actually getting college educations? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, you got to follow the follow the math on this. But I, I think that's why the per student numbers uh, are important, right? So even with more students going, or maybe in, be, in part because more students are going, that that means that less, the same is being spent, or if less is being spent, it's being spread even thinner across a bigger population. Um, so I, I don't know the, um, the raw numbers there. But uh, my guess is if there are fewer students who are able to go to school, matriculate to school, because fewer of them or percentage-wise fewer of them are able to get grants for it. That, uh, and this takes a little time, but that, that, that ends up spreading uh, in, you know, the sort of the stories that are told in those communities about access to college. And, you know, if it's um, 10 of your 20 friends versus uh, you know, 11 of your 50 friends, where even if there's more, more friends going, if right. there are a lot more friends not going, mm-hmm. um, I think that's, um, that ends up being, that becomes the truth there for those, those students and families and communities. And, you know, I think that we, we've talked about on this pod that um, education and K-12 and higher ed, I think, is being one of the great, maybe the best solution to a lot of the societal issues that we have. Um, that's a, I think that's um, well, maybe a little bit of an ominous stat that uh, there's less spending per student. There's fewer students who are um, receiving uh, grants, uh, fewer lower income students receiving grants. That's, that's maybe a little problematic. Yeah, and I think you, you mentioned workforce readiness, Dan, which is an interesting related topic where, you know, one of the challenges to higher ed right now is uh, it's extremely expensive and how, how ready 
is how equipped is someone coming out of a four-year undergraduate program to enter the workforce and what additional training or what supplemental spend or, or even what spend in lieu of a, uh, an undergraduate education might have better equipped that learner to enter the workforce. This to me really points in that direction as well, where um, there's uh, a significant outlay to get that undergrad, undergraduate education and more and more uh, the funding for it is declining, which is creating this tension, particularly for folks who need to enter the workforce to determine how much debt they're willing to take on uh, versus the benefit of that degree. And it almost argues for, if this trend continues, it, it, it probably makes a good case for uh, opening up more vocational tracks, understanding uh, the benefit of an associate's degree, the benefit of uh, you know, the cheapest credit hours to kind of equip the, the learner with what she needs to get a job. Um, that's where I gravitate to here. Uh, where um, something's going to have to give at some point. And uh, that's why, I, you know, whether, you know, free in-state tuition is the right answer or better vocational programs are the answer. Like we need to be exploring more solutions. Uh, and this seems to at least focus the attention on, on part of the problem, which, which I think is, is a good start. But uh, I'm really curious how some of the more experimental programs are working. Uh, and uh, maybe that's a topic we could pick up on in, in subsequent shows. Yeah, I, I, so agreed um, on both picking up that topic um, in subsequent shows. Agreed also we should be solution oriented. I think the, the solutioning here is um, proportionally less than the problem statement in this op-ed, but um, you know, it's both saying that universities need to look in their budgets to make sure that they're um, you know, driving out all the low value add spend and, and using it to, to expand access. Um, but I, I think the other, I mean, it's not panacea, but the other uh, recommended solution is just spending more on education. And I think that maybe that isn't sufficient, but I think that's probably necessary to do mm -hmm. a lot of the, you know, massive things that we're trying to do, you know, the um, free in-state tuition, that's a big spend on education. So yep. it can be spent in a lot of different ways, but mm -hmm. One thing that was interesting that um, that I, I hadn't thought about um, as you know I've been thinking about this is um, the sort of knock-on effects of this. So they're talking about at UC Davis, uh, where they now have they've had to reach out and enroll a lot more um, upper-income, you know, higher-income students or students from um, higher-income families. That that has had an impact on uh, housing uh, rent rent prices around the UC Davis campus so that there's now the demand comes with more affluence so that the suppliers of that rent can charge more, mm -hmm. which has pushed the lower income family students, students from those families farther away from campus, which, you know, I, I think that's, that's uh, you don't think of it necessarily when you see the number of Pell Grants going down, do you think, well, that means unless those schools are running with fewer students, that means that there's proportionally more high income students, which means things like all of the sort of network of related economies there all change and, and probably unfavorably for the, for the lower income students. Yeah. 
the diversity of economy was part uh, I was going to bring up that there's a nice paragraph on the, the changing landscape of the public schools uh, and the diversity of the student base, their economic upbringings, and that we've talked about here too as well. You know, the exposures you have to different people and different walks of life when learning uh, can go a long way to how you learn and what you're learning. So um, an interesting dive to point out uh, as I dive in deeper on the article, it is part of New York Times college rankings. So they have their third annual college rankings off of this. Um, this is some of uh, an explanation of that calculation. So diving in there, you do see UC at the top of uh, their rankings based on Pell Grants, based on freshman enrollments, endowments, uh, and uh, diversity on campus. So uh, something to dig into there maybe in the future as well uh, on this discussion. But overall, it does seem, Brandon, it comes back to money, comes back to investment, comes back into finding places to make that work um, as we figure all of this out and try to come up with solutions. Um, do you see more colleges solving it by going online, like making the, you know, the Pell Grant, the, the possibility of engaging students for cheaper um, where they are rather than trying to bring them on campus and, and deal with the, the ec economic uh, fallout there? Yeah, I mean, colleges are businesses too. And so the P&L for a college is, you know, revenues in and revenues come from, you know, either paying students or, or federal or state assistance and uh, then costs going out uh, in sort of the middle of the P&L and they have a bottom line they need to make even as a not-for-profit organization. Um, and, you know, a way to, to improve that bottom line is to either charge more, which we've just been talking about, or charge more students the same amount. Uh, and so I think extending to online, extending into some of the uh, non-traditional four-year higher education spaces, boot camps, vocational training, uh, extensions, school programs. Uh, I think all of those are, are interesting. And I think, you know, for us as, as sort of trend, oh, we're, not, we're not trend spotters or curators. We're, we're, we're trend... Um, uh, Chatters? Sherpas? Sherpas? Yeah, Sherpas. That may be too generous to us. <laughs> we're, 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 trend, we're trend commentators. Um, you know, I, I think that's probably where we want to spend even more time talking, but you know, that's, that's one possible solution. Uh, you know, the, obviously the online experience helps the middle of the PNL too, cause it's cheaper to run online programming. Yep. And I think, I mean, there's going to continue to be wage pressures from faculty, you know, both wage pressures up from faculty, from staff, um, from contractors, vendors, like that's, uh, it, I don't see it getting a lot cheaper to run especially a physical university yep. in the next 20 years. So either they're going to charge more, be subsidized more. And I'm, I'm, I'm personally hopeful for that, mm -hmm. that we could get our act together as a society and just decide to spend more on education mm -hmm. and, and less maybe some elsewhere. Um, or, uh, or they're going to have to, to um, you know, expand their access in, in one, one way or another. So with, there's... Withstand a wave or two of disruption from outside forces. I right, think. or go out of business, yeah. right? That's a, that's a possibility. Um, but I think that's not good for, for no. higher ed and for access either. You know, when I think, you know, there's been, there have been um, some, some fairly public sort of predatory uh, higher ed universities that, that, you know, have had really bad practices. But by and large, I think, most people in higher, ed higher education are good players and mm -hmm. good actors. And, um, you know, so when you start to see disruption there around the edges and, and have, you know, uh, places shuttering, that's probably not good either. That's going to do it for this episode of Trending in Education. Great stuff, as always, from Mike and Brandon as we talk about the funding of the American Dream and 
public schools throughout the country struggling to get their students the proper amount of money needed uh, to make their way through their college educations. More to come on this, I am sure, as we move forward. And of course, as always, more to come from us here on Trending in Education. We're with you every Tuesday morning and happy to be here. Love to hear from you. Let us know what topics you want to hear us cover. Subscribe over there on iTunes. Leave us a comment. Leave us a rating. That helps more people find us. And of course, find us on Twitter at Trending in Ed, on Facebook at Trending in Ed. And of course, TrendingEd.com. With that said, we'll be back with you next week right here on Trending in Education.